All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada. All business, all winter. Welcome to Real Life, episode number 10, brought to you by Finning. They make big machines and they also make calendars, which is why Jason Strudwick <laughs> is a huge fan of Finning, more for their calendars than anything else. Uh, Jason Strudwick, of course, host of uh, Dinner TV. He's also on in the morning. He's on like 24 hours a day. They just repeat it uh, to get the uh, the Moat Island hairstyle, trying to get it in place, former NHLer. And myself, uh, Jason Greger, Wanye Gretz is... Uh, I don't know. I think his phone line uh, disconnected somehow, and wherever he is, uh, Michu Pichu. I think he's. I think he's trying to go uh, hiking up a mountain this time. Scott. Michu Pichu. Yeah, that's where he's going. Isn't that an ice cream? Or no, no, no. <laughs> Machu Picchu. <laughs> Sound like a Pokemon character you're sliding out there. Oh, well, that could be a Pokemon character too. My my son's not into Pokemon yet, but I'm. I'm yeah. And who knows? Maybe he's never going to get into it. I'm not sure if that's still a cool thing or not, but. Well, my kids are into it. I they, oh. I don't know what it means though. My kids are five, oh. and we, we buy these cards, and like this is what it is. And look at the powerpoints. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I don't even know what it means. So we actually need someone to come in here and give us an in service <laughs> on might. what Pokemon is. There honestly should be an in service for parents oh. to understand all the certain toys. Like which ones should you have? Which ones are a waste of time? And, and the other thing that I would like Strads is yeah. there should be a handbook for parents when your child stops napping. Because, right. you know, you sure. look forward to those two. Like, our son has oh, been oh. a great napper. He's a two-hour yeah. napper. And both Saturday and Sunday this weekend, he did not nap. Mm. And I'm telling you, like, my wife and I basically almost shed tears. Mm. It's, it's, you're almost like, oh, my God, we're getting into a new thing. But 
So I, I tried to keep him up a little bit later last night. Got him up early this morning in the hopes that he'll nap. <laughs> <laughs> you have to let it go. Well, I know, but still, it's just it one. But he was napping fine. It can't just can't just right. be like a switch where suddenly it turns off. It's got to be at least gradual. Give me some warning. It can't just be boom, <laughs> slap me in the face. No nap for you. But kids' naps aren't like tax season. It's not like no. Oh, hey, trust me, it's okay. It should be death taxes and kids napping. Your kid should okay. nap until they're five. That should be somehow in the in the DNA rule book. You can't get out of your bed and you nap until you're five years old. What do you do when your son's napping? Well, on the weekends, I nap. Exactly. That's your problem. It's a, but you you're know, selfish. No, no, no. <laughs> yes, but the, it you know, is. my wife and I, now we have just a routine. So I let her nap the one day and then I, I nap the other day. It's fine. But it's just, it's more so just sometimes right. I don't even nap. It's just, actually, I have this new book and I was very, I was like, okay, I'm loving right. it. I wanted to read it. The Book Thief. It's unbelievable, Strads. Okay, I'm yes. telling you, The Book yeah. Thief, it's phenomenal. Okay. Right? Well, I'll have to read that one. That'd be great. Yeah. I can tell you, my, all my, I remember when they napped and it was beautiful, especially when I was working the late shift. Uh, at uh, TSN Radio, which was, was good because I'd be with them all day. Then I'd go in there at night and do my work. But then the next day, I was a little tired. So when they all napped, it was so yeah, quiet. And I would nap 100%. But then one stop napping, then two, then three. And now it's just a gong show. No one's napping. Everyone's up all the time. So what I do, this is my trick. And you, I'll, I'll let you in on this. I just did it on Sunday, actually. I get a movie, uh, maybe a new one. I get it at the library, rent or whatever. I put it on. Like, come cuddle with Dad. And they come lay up with me. And then I sleep knowing all three are on the couch. So I still get my nap. But <laughs> nice. they're not napping. <laughs> now, speaking of napping, he and I don't want to make light of it, but oh. while well, Patrick Lining, the hit of the week by McCabe in Buffalo, and I'm telling you, that's not a dirty hit. Mm-hmm. That is a clean hit. Um, there, there's no hearing, nor should there be. But, you know, it's unfortunate. It's just how it goes. Though. Like, hockey's a contact game. You can't take that out of the game. It's a learning experience for long, young Liney. It sucks for him. It sucks for fans because he's out. But... There's nothing I would tell McCabe to do different. What did you think as a defenseman, as a guy who played in the league? I loved it. I, I loved it. I don't like the result. Obviously, I would have seen Lani just jump up. But when I saw that hit, it was one of the hardest hits I have seen in a number of years. Now, there are big hits and there are hard hits. A big hit, my example would be when Dustin Bufflin, you remember he hit Luke Gadzik. Oh, yes. And Luke did a one, uh, almost one full rotation. Now, Luke popped up and he was fine. That's a big hit. But this is a hard hit. And, and you can see McCabe was messed up too. You know, he had some injuries on his on his face. That was such a hard hit. I, I absolutely love that. It goes back to Scott Stevens and, and these types of guys would absolutely unload on people. So hard to do. And I like the response by Winnipeg as well. Now, I'm going to ask you, do you think that Shifley was in the wrong giving that pass to Liney? Because he slid it over to Liney. Well... I don't think it was a suicide pass, really. The problem with Line didn't accept it cleanly, mm. and then he looked down. Yeah, and is. in today's game, like it's not going to happen very often, but usually if that's right on his tape and he handles it cleanly, he's up, and, and McCabe mm. probably, he dances around and might go in because McCabe had committed. Like McCabe read that play very well, mm. right? And I've watched a lot of Buff. McCabe's not this big, ferocious hitter, but man, the stars aligned there. And that was a glorious play. If, if you're a guy who likes or a gal who likes physical contact, that's what it was. And that's what hockey's going to be about. I don't want, I, I see people and their instant reaction. And that's where you can see the overreaction is, oh, well, it's got to be dirty. He's not hurt. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's concussed. But there's a difference. Like there's cheap shots mm-hmm. that, that injure a player. That's just an unfortunate part of the game as far as the end result goes to Patrick Liney. But to me... I don't want any talk about anything that should change from that. I want those in because that forces guys to keep their head up, 
And that's really the only defense mechanism you have as a defender sometimes. Otherwise, you're, you're on your heels all day. You're never allowed to go up and step up on a guy. Yeah, a break a breakouts like that how all the time. The, the right winger is supposed to come over, support the centerman who yep. supported the left winger. Pass, 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 and off you go. Um, he didn't take a look up, and he will not happen that again. He'll be checking all the time, and that's a learning experience for him. I'm really interested to see how when he comes back, uh, how he reacts to it. I think that my guess is initially he'll be a little tentative, and then he'll have to get hit a couple times, and he's rolling again. But that is a that is more than just you know you hit me and it hurt my shoulder, or you know I, I, you trip me and I go into the boards and break my hand. This is a massive, massive hit that I think could change the way that he plays the game for a little while until he gets comfortable again in those high traffic areas. Well, remember when Tamo Solani got absolutely rocked uh, early right. in his career? Yeah. Uh, also, remember Wayne Gretzky? People forget it. McCreary absolutely yeah. crushed him sure. coming across the blue line. And Wayne Gretzky yeah. said, hey, I learned from it. Mm-hmm. Now, as you said, it's like getting bucked off a horse. It's not easy yeah. to just get back up on there and be like, okay. But that's that's going to be the mental challenge for Lining. And yeah. I'm sure if you're an opposing player, Strudge, yeah. Lining's first game back, some guy's going to be yelling, I got you right yeah. away. You know sure. you're going to try to get in his head, are you not? Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to get up in his face. I mean, the guy that uh, I think t- it took a long time to figure out was Taylor Hall. I mean, Halsey, he got hit hard a lot, and he was always guilty of having his head down. I mean, he plays like a bull. I mean, that's yeah. what you love about him. And he, he would just skate so hard, and all of a sudden, boom, explosion. And, um, you know, he has learned now. You don't see him getting blown up yeah. like that. After as much the Corey Saric hit, it seemed to change for him. Right? Yeah. Remember when Saric came right. down on the blue line right. and crushed him, and then after that, yeah. didn't really see him get uh, hit nearly as much. Like, he'll get hit because he has the puck. Right. But right. you don't see him getting lambasted. Yeah, that's the difference is when you don't see it coming. You mm-hmm. know, when you sometimes you like I said, there's big hits and there's hard hits, and the big ones oftentimes don't hurt because you know they're coming. You prepare and you check your shoulder. I've looked over and seen what's going on. But when the guy is coming and you don't see him coming, that is when the worst. And I remember a time I got the hardest I ever got hit was this guy named Vrobiev. He was a Russian player. Oh yes, this is bef- this in Chicago before the season. And we were doing a drill. We were doing a, um, a, a two-person regroup drill. And I went one way, and he was supposed to go the other way, and he didn't. And he, I was looking backwards, and all of a sudden, just he hit me so hard. Looking back, I probably was concussed. You know, like it was unbelievable before the season. I remember I sat on the bench the rest of practice, finally kind of got my bearings, and he felt terrible. He was a rookie, you know, at 19 years old. But it was the hardest hit because I didn't know it was coming. I'd been hit lots of times by guys, looked hard, but I knew it was coming. So I was ready for it. It's when you don't see it coming. That's why that day, that hit was so, so I guess, dangerous maybe is the right word. But it was so hard because he had no idea it was coming. So basically, though, you're telling me, from what I understand, you ruined Borbia's career because he was no, in no. a top 10 pick. He, he was, I think he was 10 or 11. The, yeah. the Hawks, when they had all those top picks and none yeah. of them ever panned out, I think he played like 11 games. Maybe yeah. he could never get over the fact that he ran over one of his own teammates who had his head up his ass. Yeah, he, no, I was in the right place, <laughs> at least from what I remember. It was a little foggy. But you know what? He's funny. I think he had a bit of a mustache that we called him Mr. Bean. That probably didn't help him either. So, sorry. I think it was, was it Pavel Verbrand? Yeah, Pavel Verbrand. Yeah, I, I felt bad for him. But anyways, he was a pretty skilled guy. But I, I'll never forget that hit. And if you ask any player, they'll remember when they got hit the hardest. Because and the hardest I ever got punched, Ken Belanger used to play for LA. Oh, yes. He hit me to the left in the minors that I swear I'm still feeling today. And I've never been hit harder in my life. But you'll this those things did you, you remember. Did it buckle you? No, but you know what? I, it should have. I think I was so stunned on how hard it was. That was the first time I really ever got punched by a really right in the beak like, or in the jaw, uh, just above my eyebrow, oh. like above my. And uh, I just and then I fought Eric Cairns a little while later, and he hit me on my helmet, and that one was the hardest punch, but it hit my helmet, so I was lucky. 
for both of us, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly me. Uh, but yeah, you'll never forget those things. So Line, he'll never forget that. That'll change the way he plays. Not, I'm saying he's not going to score goals, but he'll ch- adjust because that is a way major eye-opener. Now, I want to talk uh, all-star games. Well, like, I shouldn't say all-star games, but right. outdoor games. Yeah, sure. Did yeah. you happen to see Bakersfield outdoor game this past weekend? I, I, like, I, how I, are they allowed that game to go? I, I like, the guys were shooting. Like, if you were playing on the outdoor rink yeah. and you're like, okay, guys, we're quitting here. That's too slushy. Right. Did you see? The guy would try to shoot the puck. Right. And there's no damage of anybody getting hurt from the puck because yeah. it can't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, I was amazed at how they're like, at least let's try to stop it. Yeah. Were you yeah. not stunned by this? I, I just, it, to me, it makes no sense. It's not even hockey. At that point, it's not even hockey. You know, there was a tournament, a golf tournament, uh, like the, the, the minor one off the PGA Tour. They were in a Waikiki or something uh, this weekend. It was so windy. It was like 40 miles an hour. Gosh, the guys were shooting over 80, somewhere in the 90s. These are really good golfers. And the, and the one guy said, this isn't even golf. This isn't really golf. That was the same thing. That's not hockey. You're just you're just trying to get it done because you set up this fantastic night um, down there, and it was it was a cool idea. I mean, they had the alumni game, but that much rain, you're you're not even playing hockey. And what is even worse than that, I believe it's very dangerous. Imagine if a young player one of the, would have been injured over, over something a rut or slipping or whatever the case may be. It was. I did not like it. I love outdoor games. I do not like when they play in those situations. Yeah, that, that's one where I was stunned. I'm like, well, obviously yeah. they're gonna call this for a bit, yeah. and then you just kept watching it. It right. just kept going. Yeah. Like a train wreck. You couldn't turn it off. Can you imagine how wet those guys oh, would have been? be absolutely soaked. You'd be so heavy. Oh. You, you'd be, it'd be ridiculous. It was just, the whole thing was just a bad, mismanaged. Uh, but cool idea. But there are probably just some areas that probably shouldn't have um, outdoor games. That is going to be the one thing. I, I get the ice and everything, but... You know, you're usually you're worried about the cold weather. You're yeah. not worried about a monsoon of rain. Right. Now, speaking of Bakersfield, uh, the orders, Jesse Pugliarvi, yeah. uh was sent down, and some would say finally. Right. And like I get on December fifteenth, why they said, okay, you know what, we've got a plan. We're going to send him down. We want to do it before Christmas time. Here's a kid who's away from home in Finland. His parents had already booked their trip. They're coming. So I understand that element of it. I get it. But to me, I would have had him. Those two games, right after New Year's, because his parents were here, so fine. You want to keep him for two games? I get it. I can live with that. You bring him on the road trip to play what? One game? To play three minutes of one game? Like, I just, I, and I don't blame the coach. The coach's job is to win games. Mm-hmm. That's his job. Right. Well, what did you make of the handling of play? Are we, ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. things. But there was the small percentage chance because let's say he goes down there and, and maybe doesn't light it up. Let's say that yeah. and he just struggles like some rookies do and has an okay season in the American League, which is totally fine because Paul Yarby, even if he comes back up to the NHL, I don't see him as a difference maker yet, right? Mm-hmm. He'll just be one of those other guys and I'm not sure the difference between him and Slepyshev is major, but they could have sent him down before the Oilers' 40th game and then technically that would have saved a year of entry-level deal. Maybe, no, sorry, not entry-level, free agency. Yeah. See, I would have liked to have seen that happen because then you have the option. If he's really playing well down there and he's found his goal-scoring touch again, then he can bring him up. Maybe he brings that extra goal-scoring that you needed. Instead of making a trade, you bring him up. doesn't cost you anything asset-wise. Um, but I, you're right. I think grand scheme of things, Pulley-Arby is going to be fine. But I do believe young players have to play. I, I just I felt that about Leon Dreisaitl when he was here. Although he was playing more minutes, I thought he was struggling. You know, th- This is his first year, obviously, a few years ago. But now with this guy, I would have liked to see him gone down sooner. Um, you know, there are those that are saying that while well, the language is an issue. Listen, there's been hundreds of players come over where they don't know the language, and I know it's not easy. Listen, I've been on the other side. I've been to Hungary where I played. I didn't speak Hungarian. I've been to uh, Switzerland, 
Sweden, where everyone around me is talking a different language. You're just sitting there like, wow, this is a good music. You don't, you don't, there's no one to talk to. And that can be hard. And I was older. I went through that. But hockey is its own language. And you should be able to figure it out on that ice. I'm sure they had someone to help them out with the finish to kind of explain what was going on. So I don't buy that. I don't buy that thing about the, the, the language being a barrier because it happens to everybody. That's the way it is. Comfort level, yeah, his mom and dad here, no problem. But at the end of the day, you need to get him here. You need to be playing. He needs to be playing as much as possible to keep his game going the right direction and more importantly than anything else, feeling good about himself. Since November 29th, he's played a grand total of yeah. 76 minutes. Total ice time. Yeah. Total. That's just you know, in six weeks of hockey. That's just... You can't develop, and the orders weren't really practicing a whole bunch during mm-hmm. that time. It's the right decision. I do believe. I agree with you. I don't think long term it's going to stunt his development. Yeah. We've seen other guys ranted in last year, went down, and hey, he let it up, and they didn't bring him back up. Like to me, I, yes, they pull the RV right now. I would almost treat him like he's the guy I sent back to junior, yeah. and I can't recall him. The only way I'm going to recall him is if the orders get in a string of injuries, or suddenly this guy in 15 or 20 games has 30 points. Yeah. Right? No, I, Other than that, because, and the good news, people are like, well, who's he going to play with down there? I'm like, who is Anton Lander playing with? Mm-hmm. Anton Lander went down to the minors and lit it up, had 21 points in 13 games. Now, he's a veteran as far as, you know, an American League guy goes, and he's a very good American League player. But since he's come up, he still had two points in three games. Like, he's finding ways to chip in. It carries over for him, helps out on the faceoffs. So, Pulley should go down there. There's other young guys, and he's going to get a ton of minutes. And it's going to take him probably five or six games just to get back in game shape, Struds, because yeah. he's, he hasn't played any. He hasn't played more than 10 minutes in a game in like seven weeks. No, I want to see him go down there and play a bunch. And oh. I want to see them set him up on that spot like Ovechkin for the one time in the power play. If I'm uh, Coach Fleming down there, I set that up and say, listen, this is where you're going to stand. You're going to shoot one-timers like it is your job because it is your job. That is where he's got a good shot. He's got to learn to get it off in time, and the guys have to feed it through to him. Because when he comes back up here, 97 is looking for a trigger man in that power play. And that can be his guy. This is the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Finney, Jason Greger, Jason Strutter. We'll come back. We're going to talk about Patrick Maroon, yes. other surprises around the NHL, and uh, one of Strud's biggest beefs. It's 2 a.m. It's been snowing since 2 p.m. Most people are snug in their beds, dreaming of a winter wonderland. But not you. You're out there, pushing winter around, getting it out of the way. Taking care of business with your reliable, efficient, and affordable cat skid steer from Finning. From just $5.36 a month with the all-business lease, heated seat included. The all-business skid steer for all seasons. Call one 888 today. We're back on Real Life, the podcast brought to you by Finning across the nation network. I'm Jason Greger, along with uh, Jason Strudwick. Our condolences to uh, Wanya Gretzk, wherever he is. We'll uh, <laughs> we catch up with him. He's in an abyss yeah. somewhere. I mean, hopefully he's not in a ditch. Right. You know it's coming off the weekend every now and then for that guy. He went into Mexico and who knows what happened. We haven't heard from him. No, Maybe he got kidnapped. He's kind of a big deal. Maybe they kidnapped him. They're looking for to breed people with short arms in Mexico. <laughs> so they got the right guy. That's true. <laughs> No, he doesn't have short arms, and right. uh, he, he kind of had a, a short resume when it came to NHL goal yeah. scoring, but in the American League and in junior, Patrick Maroon was a pretty big contender. We're going to talk about guys who kind of surprised people around the league. We'll start with Patrick Maroon, who's third in the NHL now in even strength goals. He leads the orders in goals. He's kind of going for the Cy Young, doesn't have a ton of assists, but he's scoring for the most part pretty nice goals. What's impressed you most about the emergence of the guy who calls himself the big rig? You know what I like about him is that he understands his role. And he's he's not trying to be anything he's not. Uh, he doesn't doesn't feel the need or he can't actually carry the puck up the ice uh, a lot. But he knows and he's said it on many interviews. I've heard him talk about uh, to say, 
I go and get the puck and I give it back to Connor. That's what my job is. And then he goes to the net and he's got very quick hands in, in, in close. And I think Dustin Penner was a guy the same way. I don't think Dustin has the same drive that Patrick had but or has. But Maroon, when he goes, he knows he's got to get to that net. And he gets there and he picks up the garbage uh, or just shoots it at them. Not trying to complicate things. But he knows where he passes the puck to him. And I like his game around the net. Also, I like the way he's physical. I mean, taking on Zidane Shara, uh, you know, Shara isn't what he was a number of years ago, but he is a beast and he knows how he has to play. And I think at times, guys who have success get away from that and they forget what they're all about. I don't get the sense he has or will do either of those things. The other thing that impresses me about Maroon is it's not just because of McDavid. If you saw his first goal in, mm-hmm. in Ottawa, Anton Lander makes the outlet pass. Sure. Maroon, little hesitation, wait, looks, fires. Like, that's a goal scorer's goal. Mm-hmm. He obviously has a lot of confidence. When he came out of the corner for his hat-trick goal mm-hmm. against Boston, that, McDavid didn't pass it to him, right. right? They got a lucky bounce, but he makes the dangles. Like, sure, obviously playing with McDavid's going to mm-hmm. increase his numbers, but if you look at his goals, they're not just because, oh, it's mm-hmm. 97 and he's got a wide-open tap-in. Mm-hmm. Like, he has had a goal scorer's mentality it started in the preseason mm. and it's continuing on he scored the first goal at Rogers Place you know not on that line right. uh, he, he's had a really good run and he's earned the promotion that's what he's earned the promotion he's played so well that he forced the coaching staff to say okay you know what we're going to load up now and go on one line and we'll see what we can do and, and that's a great thing for Maroon. The other great thing for the orders he's a 1.5 million cap hit for next season as well because the yeah. Ducks are paying a quarter of his uh, contract the key will be is to maintain that hunger stress and i think the the one thing i get from maroon is he's very honest about things like he mm-hmm. talked about yeah you know what i was down 25 pounds but then he clarified that he goes well because when the season ended i gained 15 <laughs> <You know? laughs> because i didn't yeah, do right, anything yeah. but yeah. he got himself in better shape he's never going to be the fleetest of foot because not every guy has to right. be a burner you still can beat guys out of the corner with size and muscle and for him i remember when he came to Edmonton, I said, you have two years. We had a, con- a conversation. Mm-hmm. He goes, I have two years to really earn, set myself up for mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Because if he has a good year this year and next year, he's getting a contract. There's no doubt about it. Now, he's probably not going to get a seven-year deal. Mm-hmm. He's more of a complimentary guy. But he suddenly could get a $4 million a year contract. He times that by five. You have $20 million. You're set up. Right? That's the number. That's the number in my head. I think if he was, if they were to say $4 million for, for a number of years, I think he'd take it. I think that'd be a good deal for the Oilers as well. But I think what you're talking about is maturing as a player. And I know I, I, I do get very frustrated. I cannot stand when hockey players are not in shape. I, I don't know. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. That's your only job is to come in camp in shape when you're not in shape. I didn't like that. I thought that was part of his problem. He has improved and has matured. And I think we're starting to see that. And he'll he'll start to realize more. Boy, if I even get a little bit better shape, I can do this. Or I can play more. I have extend my shifts that extra 15 seconds in the offensive zone. So there's maturity in his game. And I, I'm not suggesting he's going to turn out to be a 50 goal scorer. But I think we might see his game improve even more because he realizes the difference it can make to offseason. There's a few other guys around the league surprising people. In Toronto, uh, Marner and Matthews. Matthews had a lot of hype and, and he's living up to it. He's second in the league in mm-hmm. even strength goals. But Mitch Marner, are you yeah. surprised? Like Mitch Marner, to me, looks kind of like a Johnny Gaudreau from Calgary. Smaller, diminutive player, but he is deadly with the puck on his stick. He's so much fun to watch. We've talked about him on this podcast before, but what I love best about Mitch Marner is he... He, he, able, he goes to the dirty areas but without getting tangled up because he's not a big man. Everyone else in the NHL is bigger than him. Johnny Goudreau does it really well. He goes to the blue paint, but he doesn't get tangled up because if you get tangled up with other guys, you're ineffective. He's able to just stay, get close enough to still tap in the goal or to make a pass or make a play without getting lost in what is in his game, which he's not a power game. He's quick. He's smart. 
draws players to him. So he's he's he is. I, I listen. Austin Matthews is a good player, but for my money, I'd rather go watch Mitch Marner than Austin Matthews. I find him that exciting as a player right now. Now, do you think that maintains it? Well, I think Austin Matthews will be the will be the the, the guy who pushes that team forward. I mean, he does a lot of things well. Um, you know, he holds on to that puck uh, fast, but quick hands. But just he has a strength to him, and he the way he plays is different than a Connor McDavid. More like I think he's more like Drysaddle actually in some ways the way he plays. Um, but I think that Matthews will be you know the center who pushes them forward. But you need guys like Martin. You need guys that can put goals in, can create something out of nothing. And you don't have to look much further south than Chicago. See Patrick Kane, what he does. He creates a lot by himself. He's been paired up with Panarin last year and mostly this year. Still doing great things. You need those game breakers because they are game breakers. And that's a lot to say about what is his, his first year pro, but he's 19. Shifley's had a great year in Winnipeg. Yeah. Patrick Line, of course, we talked about earlier, got concussed. Nicholas Ehlers is really yeah. starting to emerge as well. Yeah, that well, they're arguably one of the best lines. If you want to talk about those guys when they're when they're playing together, uh, Shifley, I, I didn't know he had this in him. I didn't think he had this type of uh, offense, this type of two way game. Uh, you know, even the hit he had uh, when when McCabe hit line, he jumped in there right away. I mean, didn't even think about it. He just jumped right in there. But Ehlers is a guy that compliments both those guys well. Shifley, as I mentioned, I described him already. Line, we know he loves to shoot the puck, and Ehlers is kind of that shifty guy that gets in those areas and makes plays. His developments come along a long ways, and now we have three guys, uh, all you know, in teens or early twenties, dominating their top line. That still puts Blake Wheeler and these types of guys into a secondary position. Brian Little, so I, I love that first line. And Ehlers, I think, is the guy that I'm not going to say he makes that line click, but you always need a third person, a trio. It makes a trio, and that's what they have there now. The Edmonton Orders and their goaltending situation. Yeah, uh, Gustafson uh, put on waivers on uh, Monday. I don't think they're putting them on waivers not to send them down. Mm. You know, <laughs> I think it's obvious they're going to make a move, whether it's from within or they pull a guy out. So here's my question. You think it's better to go find a veteran out there? Maybe it's just you take McElhaney off of waivers from Columbus, for argument's sake, yeah. because your backup's not going to play a ton with Cam Talbot. Or you just promote one of uh, Brassois or Ellis, even though Ellis played a little bit better, and have a young guy here in practice, even though he's not going to play a whole ton. Uh I feel the same way about goalies as I do about player RB. I want my goalies to play. I want them to develop, and I want them to play a lot. The mistake was made in the summer when they brought in Gustafson instead of a proven backup. You know, and, and the guy that I'd look at would be, I hate to say it, but my buddy Noodles, Jamie McLennan, you know, a Brian Boucher, those types of guys, they come in, they know their role. They're going to sit on the bench, but when they get their chance to play, they're going to get a chance to play. And they did not make that move, and now they're stuck in a position where – I don't want to see either one of those two young guys get called up. I suppose you can maybe bring them up to alternate. Maybe they each get a game here and there, but mostly they're still playing the minors. Maybe there's a rotation basis going on. But now if you want to bring someone, you have to give up something to get a good backup. You're going to have to trade for someone, uh, make a move. And I, I don't think the Oilers are in a position yet to start handing out third or fourth round picks or fifth round picks for a backup goalie. That's I, I don't like that move. Um, so maybe McElhenney is the, the answer. He did have a decent start, but you know they want to uh, promote They got some Swedish. really good young guys. Yeah, in they're their promoting system. the Swedish guy. Um, but I, I am, I'm hesitant to, to, to make that trade. I'd rather get someone for free because I don't have to pay for it. But well, listen, when you're a backup goalie, when I'm sitting on the dressing room, I look at my backup goalie. I want you to stay out longer after practice. Work on me. Let me work on my stuff, and you get ready. But when you go in, we expect you to have an average performance. That's all. We don't steal the game. Just be average. 
And too often this year, Gustafson has not been average. Just really, even the game he won in Detroit uh, before Christmas, was it 2-1 win or whatever they, they yeah, that was, was? No, that was way early in the season. Yeah, Was that earlier? Well, two to one. He, that was really his... But any. He was okay there. He didn't play great. No. He's all over the net. He is left and right and sliding all over the place. That doesn't work. As a D-man, you're sitting there, you're like, oh, my God, where's this next rebound going? Where's my goalie going to be? Too much movement, too much going on. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't like to see guys losing their jobs, but there has to be a change. There was a change. Now who replaced him? That's the question. Before we end, we'd like to end on uh, yeah. story time. So we, uh, we took a few weeks off. Let you, because uh, you don't have that many. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm going to tell a story about uh, the, the Grammys. Uh, I was playing for the New York Islanders, and the Grammy parties were being held in New York City. So after a game uh, in Ireland, myself, uh, Brian McCabe, Eric Fischel, and Brian Burrard jump in a limo, and we drive in from Long Island to a Grammy party in New York City. So we go in there, and right away, we're all lost. No one, we all get get disjointed. We can't find each other. So I meet this guy. He's a producer. He seems like a nice guy. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I love Canadians. Do you want to go meet some other Canadians? I'm like, sure. So I'm in one area of this party. And then all of a sudden, I walk in. He takes me to the VIP section, which I probably should have been right away. But I go wheeling in there. And uh, I'm wearing a terrible suit, by the way. Shocking. And, and uh, so this guy, he was a really nice guy. He introduced me to uh, Danny DeVita and Real Perman. And Danny's tiny. He's like a hobbit. And he's like, hey, this is my friend Jason from County Place for Islanders. And Danny was so nice. Shakes my hand. Great. Real Perlman shakes my hand. Really nice to meet you. We talked for a few minutes. And then we moved on. Awesome. So now we keep moving. He's like, oh, I, I really want you to meet this woman. Celine Dion. So I was always a Celine Dion fan. I love Celine Dion. So I walk up and this guy's like, hey, Celine, this is Jason Stradwick. He plays for Islanders. And she's like, nice. And she proceeds to do a 180 and just cold shoulder. From that moment on, Celine Dion was dead to me. I never listened to any of her songs. Even when the Titanic movie came out I, and they, she started talking about My Heart Would Go On, I turned the music down. Celine, I loved you and you made a mistake there that day. I would Not that I loved you like I loved her, I wanted to date her. I just loved her singing. And I got snubbed by Celine Dion at a Grammy party in about 1997. Never, never had the same love for her. Done. Snubbed Done. that fast? Snubbed. Just like that. Just like that. And actually, I met a, a VJ. Well, maybe it's maybe it's because you were too young for her. Well, no, I, I wasn't like I didn't love her. Like I didn't I didn't find like. Did you come on too strong? No, no, it was it wasn't like I was trying to wheel her. I was just trying to say hi and just. But you know what? I think as a Canadian, you have to give another one respect. Yeah. You walk into a party like this guy's from you're especially in the states. You're from Canada. Oh, great, nice to meet you. Blah, 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 blah. Thanks a lot. I'm gonna move on. That's fine. But she said nice and turned around at 180. Never the same after that. Never. She never. I never listened to her music. And I used to love her song. You know what, though? That's fair. Because that's a pretty bad snub. It's a big-time snub. All I Have need... you ever been snubbed similar to that? Um, well, by, you know, by some women, I guess. <laughs> you know, but, but I, who hasn't? I mean, yeah. we all have. It's you true, know? yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. Nice try. Yeah, we've all been yeah. there. For Can sure. I buy you a drink? No? Okay, thank you very much. And <laughs> move on to the next one. No, no. But, I mean, it's been a while since I've been in that racket. But, yeah, I think that's... I don't know. Have you ever been snubbed really badly? Um, well... Obviously, in the situation that you were just attesting to, yeah, with girls, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, a few times at, uh, at parties, you can just tell, like, the person where you, you get introduced to them. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be honest, like, I wasn't overly interested to want to get introduced to this person either. Right. But I still am like, okay, you know what? I can fake this for right. a minute and a half. Just, you know, because I hate right. small talk. Most of us do. But I at least try to give it my effort. Sure. How's it going? And the person's looking right over my shoulder yeah. to see who they can talk to next. 
And I, and I was just like, so I kind of, I just, I sensed it right away. And so I just kind of cut short. And I was like, well, hey, it was nice meeting you. And walked off. And I was just kind of like, dude, at least try to hide the fact right. that you want to uh, to move on to the next There's one. nothing worse than when you're talking to someone and they're looking around for someone else to talk to. That is so disrespectful. Yeah. No, that's pretty tough. Who else is here? Who else can I talk to? And, but the other thing that's worse than that is what you and I, let's say we're at a party yeah. and we're engaged in a conversation. Right. And the person just walks yeah. right in and busts into your conversation. And you're right. kind of like, well, we were talking here. I don't want to talk to you right, right. now. And it's not that I'm snubbing you. But you can't just expect that when right. you walk in and, and ask for their attention, you kind of have to, and it's, it's almost like the lurker. Like they walk in right. and they stand beside you and you and I are talking. And I'm kind of like, well, maybe we're talking about something private. I don't want right. this person to sit there. It's always the worst. Like I hate the person who's kind of just that, that hanging around waiting. Like they, it's, and it's tough. Like you have to plan it. You have to watch from afar. Okay, if right. I'm going to go talk to those people, I'm going to wait, see, okay, the conversation, because we can all tell when the conversation's sure. kind of dying and then you got to right. swoop in fast. But the worst is like the, the person who just like the lurker over right. your shoulder. Don't be that person at parties. It's the worst. If you're talking to someone you want to talk to them, we'll, we'll end on this one. What do you do to break away from a conversation at a party? Because I've got to move. Yeah, you tell me your move. So let's say I'm talking to someone. I'm, I'm either the conversation's run its course. I just don't really want to talk to them. And I'm sorry if I've done this to you, but this is the truth. I'll be like, I think I'm going to go get a drink. And it doesn't matter if it's like 11 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at night. That's because I'm like, I just break away. And then if they want that, like, I'll come with you. That's fine. They can get the drink. And usually you can find someone else at the bar to break this person off of or to start a new conversation. So that's my go-to move. So I've done it to you. Maybe I did actually want a drink, but also probably I just had to break this up. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of subtle. It's sure. subtle, but it just, it, it's, it's nice. Instead, I'm going to leave. You're right. Cause I, I never used to have one. It's easy now that you're married. Just like, Oh, you know what? I got to go check on my wife. That's right, usually right. it's kind of lame, whatever. And I'm sure they might know it, but check but, on your wife. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not <laughs> saying that it's outside. right. Yeah. I'm just like, Hey, you know what? I got whatever. But beforehand, yeah, I used to be the worst. Yeah. And I was, I would just kind of sit in there and it'd be painful and right. And you'd be looking kind of have signals that you'd want. Yeah. Right. And, and it all it all depend kind of where I was. if I was at a house party it was people that I knew right, right and like right. I kind of knew the person I would always make sure I'd go the extra mile to be polite but right, if right. I was at a bar then it would totally be different I'm like hey man it's great talking to you I got to get right. back to my buddies like that way is easier because that I'm like yeah. I don't, they, that person doesn't care that much about me I don't care that much about them and away you move on but I find in the house party or business yeah. parties it's way worse it is hard because you kind of feel like well geez I'm kind of pot committed here right, right now and I don't just want to slide out but the drink. Get in the drink. It's the drink. So it's pretty simple, and right. But I'm sure they read right through it. They yeah. might, but at least it's. A, it's I wonder a, how many people out there think you're their Celine Dion. No, I always give. Them, I always, I always, <laughs> and I, I'm always friendly to talk to anybody. But there is a time limit where you're just like, okay, we got to move on this car. And I'm talking about my friends sometimes. Have you ever snubbed? Um, I don't think so. No, I always try to give them. No, not give them, but just I always try to be respectful. Okay. But there is a time where, or if there's busy, or if you're at a, a kids party and someone wants to talk to you, and your kids are there and they're running out of the hook, then I actually, I'm like, I got, I'm sorry, I got to run. And that may look like a snub, but like we had three kids at a birthday party, my own. I someone's in a fight somewhere, or someone <laughs> has to go to the bathroom, or something's yeah. happened. So. Okay. Good. That's nice. it. Nice. There's a tip. No, that was my Celine Dion. Nice. Oh, Get out I of here. Sir. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got it. We will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. And yes. then maybe, maybe Wanya Gretzk, if yeah. he's not in jail in yeah. Mexico, uh, he will join us on the Real Life Podcast brought to you by our, our friends at Finning, who make great calendars and great equipment.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.